0: morning have you ever been lost as a child really and truly lost how did that feel do you remember did you feel a panic sitting in setting in were you scared frightened Well, there's some boys in Thailand at the moment who've experienced this recently. I don't know if you've been reading about it in the news. It was a soccer team, about 11 boys and their coach and they decided to go on an adventure. Um, One of the boys had a birthday and they went exploring in some caves. It's about a 10 kilometer long cave system there in northern Thailand in Chiang Rai Um, and they got lost they were stuck in this cave system can you imagine being in this situation can you imagine being stuck there lost underground in the dark for nine days nine days they were stuck there without contact with the outside world. They were blocked off from the exit by rising floodwaters, stuck there, wondering, wondering if they're going to make it out alive, wondering if they're going to die in there, no idea if they would be found, no idea whether they would be saved. Well, the good news is, if you've been reading, they have been found, and there is a rescue attempt currently happening. But today, today I want to tell you a story from the Bible about a man named Zacchaeus, who also was lost in an even more critical situation, not lost in a geographical sense, like these boys were, but lost in a different way, lost spiritually. And his life was changed completely when he had an encounter with Jesus. Let's read. So if you've got your Bibles, let's read Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Now he, that is Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature, which means he's short. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he's about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they, the crowd, saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, The half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Dear God, please help us to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Help me to speak truthfully and clearly. And may we be impacted by what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as some of you know, I'm a maths teacher. I uh, I like to do things in a nice, sequential, logical order. So today, that's what you're going to get. Step one, step two, step three. Very logical. Um, So here's my first point. A man who is seeking. A man who is seeking. Let me introduce you to Zacchaeus. He's a man who's seeking. In verses one and two, he's described as a rich tax collector. He's in a lucrative post called Jericho. It's along the main trade route. Um... It's a pretty wealthy place to be and Zacchaeus, unfortunately, is unpopular. He collects taxes, not a very exciting job. He collects taxes but he collects it from his own people, the Jews. They were subject to the Romans at the time. They were the occupying power. They had to pay tribute. So he was considered a traitor, a traitor to his own people. And not only that, tax collectors in those days were known to just do that little bit more. They, were, they tended, tended to just collect that little bit of extra money for themselves. In fact, that's probably why he was so wealthy. His wealth was considered by many to be ill-gotten. In fact, he was the chief tax collector. So he was even more despised, even more looked down upon. He was hated even by his own people. He was rejected, ostracised. And this, this is the kind of man we see here in verse 3. And this is the man who was seeking. What was he seeking? And verse 3 says, And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Now, Jesus had entered Jericho. He's passing through on his way to Jerusalem. It's about 20 kilometers away, um, uphill. And the crowds were following Jesus wherever he went. Zacchaeus was seeking to see who this Jesus was. Perhaps he'd heard the stories. Perhaps he'd heard all that Jesus had done performing miracles, restoring sight to the blind, healing people, miraculous things, feeding the poor, making friends with those who are outcasts, who are lepers. There's even friends of children. Zacchaeus must have been at a serious low point in his life. I don't think he was pleased with how his life was going. He was doing some soul searching. He wasn't pleased with the kind of person he'd become. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever reached a point in your life where you're wanting to do something desperate, Have you reached a point where you were feeling lost? Where you were starting to ask questions like, what am I doing here? What's the point of my life? What am I doing with myself? I know I have. Well, Zacchaeus starts to do something desperate. He wants to find out more about this Jesus guy. Perhaps he can help. Nothing in life has given him joy or fulfillment so far. Certainly money and possessions haven't. So he goes searching, as only the lost do, searching for a solution to his problems. However, there's always obstacles. In verse 3, it continues to go on, and it says, But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. Now, I can relate to that. I'm pretty short myself. Um, I really feel for my kids. Um, they've, got a, they've got that to look forward to. Um, and I've been in plenty of crowds in my time. Um, I haven't been able to see up the front. Um, I sit up the back here, and sometimes I struggle to see the front. Um, and, and this crowd that he's amongst, they're his fellow Israelites, the ones who, who would probably probably just love to give him a bit of a push, a bit of a shove. this tax collector, this outcast, this sinner. No one would make room for him. In fact, they'd, they'd probably they'd probably just want to get him out the way. They're not going to make room for him. So what does he do? He can't see. So in verse four, he runs on ahead and he climbs up a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he knows Jesus is about to pass that way. You see, Zacchaeus publicly shamed himself. He acted like a little child. I mean, when was the last time you saw an adult climbing a tree? It just doesn't happen, unless it's an emergency, I guess, or a fireman, um, let alone a rich man Have you seen Bill Gates up a tree? Could you picture it? Well, Zacchaeus, he climbs up this sycamore tree. It's got lots of branches, easy to climb. His short, hairy legs climbing up this tree. You see, adults didn't run in those days. Adults didn't climb trees. It was seen as demeaning. Yet this is what Zacchaeus does. This is how desperate he is. He runs to find a vantage point. He humbles himself. He embarrasses himself publicly, like a child, in order to see Jesus. Now, this crowd was a barrier. And for us, too, there can be barriers to seeing Jesus. Perhaps it's pride, not wanting to humble ourselves like Zacchaeus. Or perhaps it's fear and shame of the things we may have done that we're embarrassed about. Or perhaps thinking that we've done something so bad that Jesus will never accept us. Perhaps it's the opposite. Perhaps it's thinking, hey, I'm good enough. Maybe it's self-righteousness. We don't need Jesus. We're good enough. I do lots of good things. I'll get into heaven. Or perhaps it's intellectually an issue. Or perhaps it's money, like Zacchaeus or wealth. Perhaps it's embarrassment. You see, we've all got to be willing to go against the crowd who might sneer at us, who might hold us back if we wish to investigate Jesus further. But you see, all these obstacles can be overcome. If you, like Zacchaeus, are seeking Jesus, if you're seeking a saviour, then these obstacles are not going to... They're not going to hinder him from finding you. So this is my second point. We have a Savior who is seeking. A Saviour who is seeking. Have a look at verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down from a stay at your house today. Now for Zacchaeus, this didn't happen by chance. This wasn't a sheer flick. This was not an accident. It was part of God's plan. It was his deliberate action. Jesus looked up and he called Zacchaeus by name. Zacchaeus may have been hopefully looking for Jesus, hoping to catch a glimpse of him, but Jesus was deliberately seeking him. He knew him. He recognized him. He knew him by name. And not only that, he did something strange. Normally, I'd invite people over to my house. But I struggle with generosity sometimes. But typically, the thing is, you'd invite people over to your house. And what does Jesus do here? Does Zacchaeus offer for Jesus to come over to his house? No. Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus's house. He says, I must... I must come and stay with you at your house today. It would be a bit like going to London. I don't know if you've been there. I haven't. I'd love to go there someday. And like, imagine yourself walking walking in the large crowds there. The queen, the royal lady herself is out there in her carriage. And the crowds are gathering and you're there amongst them. And the royal procession is coming along and the carriage stops and out hops the queen gracefully. And she spies you right there in the crowd. She sees you. She sees your face amongst the millions of people there. And she sees you. She recognizes you. She comes over and she invites you. And she says to you, Can I come to your hotel today for a cup of tea? Imagine that. You see, Zacchaeus may have been despised. He may have been rejected by his fellow Jews. But he was important to God. And you are too. This parable, like the many others in Luke, they show us what God is like. God is a hero. He is a seeking saviour. Jesus, the son of God, pays no attention to what the crowds think. He doesn't care about what they have to say about you. He's happy. He's willing to seek out the outcasts, to seek out the lepers, to seek out the sinners, the rejected people of today's society, to seek out people like Zacchaeus, like me, like you. Because he loves you. He loves them. He knows them by name. He has a heart for the lost. Now skip over with me. We're going to go to the end of the passage, to to verse 10, which I think is is the key part of this verse, of this section. Um, And let me read it to you. It says, For the Son of Man, that is Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus was on a mission. He had a purpose. He was passing through Jericho. He was on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross for us, to pay the price for all our sins, for all the wrong things Zacchaeus had done, for all the wrong things we have done. You see, Zacchaeus may have climbed a tree to see Jesus. But Jesus died on a tree for us. Jesus is the seeking saviour. He's seeking us too. He's calling us by name. He's seeking us to bring us back to a relationship with God, to fill that need that we have, that deep, desperate longing that we have, to find our rest in him. And this is available to all people. In Luke, we hear Jesus welcoming all types of people. The rich, the poor, the blind, the lame, outcasts, lepers, Samaritans. He welcomes all. He welcomes us. Jesus has been telling parables all throughout this series in Luke. Parables are where the lost are found. Zacchaeus is just like the sheep in the parable of the lost sheep, just like the lost son in the parable of the prodigal son, just like the lost coin. Jesus has sought him out to save him. He has overcome all obstacles like sin, like pride like shame, like self-righteousness, and he's seeking us out too, which leads me to point three. I told you it was logical. It's a changed life. Have a read of verse six. So he, that's Zacchaeus, hurried down, hurried and came down and received him joyfully, received Jesus joyfully, And when they, that's the crowd, saw it, they grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Did you notice how Zacchaeus responded to Jesus' personal invitation here? He hurries down, he climbs out of that tree as fast as he can, he receives Jesus joyfully. And he calls Jesus Lord. We'll see that later on. Do you notice the difference between Zacchaeus' response and that of the crowd? They can't believe it. They're grumbling at Jesus. How dare he? How dare he spend time with sinners? Those people. But Zacchaeus responds with joy. There's a common theme We see this in Luke so often. The lost is now found, and great joy follows. For what does the woman woman with the lost coin do once she finds her coin? What does the shepherd do when he finds his lost sheep? What do they do? They say, rejoice with me, for I've found what I've lost. And what does the father with the prodigal son do when his son returns? He celebrates. He kills the fattened calf. The Bible even talks about even the angels in heaven respond with joy when a lost sinner repents and is found. Now, we're not actually told by Luke what actually happens there at Zacchaeus' house. I don't know whether they had lunch, I had dinner, whether they ate some chicken. I don't know. Um, but we do know, we do know that his encounter with Jesus has a transforming effect. Zacchaeus was lost, but he's now found. He's saved by Jesus. It leads to a changed life. Let's read about it in verse 8. Look at this massive turnaround. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. You see, Zacchaeus' response to Jesus is one of joy. It's acknowledging jesus as lord this joyful submission to the seeking savior leads to a desire to change to make things right the things that he'd done wrong and what does he do how does he express his joy for what jesus has done for him in joy he does more than what the law requires he responds By giving half of what he owned to the poor can you imagine doing that could you imagine right now going home looking at what you got cutting it in half that house chop it in half take it and give it away give it away to the poor I struggle with that. And not only that, but he goes even further. He offers to compensate those he had wronged, those he had defrauded, and he wants to give them back. He doesn't give back dollar for dollar, though. He gives four times the amount, 400%. I'm good with my maths. This is not just an act of justice. It's more than that. He's doing more than making restitution, he's doing more than what the law requires. He's exceeding it. You see, this is what the grace of God does in your life. He's being exceedingly generous. He has a new heart. He has experienced and received incredible grace and love and kindness from Jesus. Friendship, friendship with the Saviour of the world, friendship with the God of the universe. And now he's responding in grace. He's doing the same to what he's received. He's responding in grace, in love, in kindness. This is the outworking of the joy from a changed heart, from acknowledging Jesus as Lord of his life, the one who's in charge of everything, his time, his money, his possessions. He gives it all. Now, previously, Zacchaeus had made money his idol. It's what he valued. It's what he treasured above all else. Until he met Jesus. Until he changed. He freely gave of that which once bound him. He was trapped. He previously tried to find joy in wealth, in collecting money. It didn't satisfy But now, out of the security of having friendship with Jesus, at being known by name, he gives it away, generously. It's not his to start off with, it's God's. He gives it away. He now loves those who Jesus loved. Jesus loved the poor. Zacchaeus loves the poor. And what does Jesus say about this? How does Jesus respond? Verse 9, have a read with me. And Jesus said to him, Today, today salvation has come to this house since he, Zacchaeus, is also now a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus went from being a social outcast to being a member of God's family. He's a child of God. He's a son of Abraham. Not by descent, not because he was Jewish, but because of his faith, which led to generous action. I really love how Tim Keller phrases this situation. He says, Jesus didn't say to Zacchaeus, clean up your life and I'll be your friend. Clean up your life and I'll love you. Clean up your life and then I'll come and visit you. No. He says, I'm loving you first. I'm coming to your house. I'm inviting myself to your house. And as a result, Zacchaeus receives him joyfully. He cleans up his life. This is the gospel in action. You see, being found by Jesus leads to a change. If we've been saved like Zacchaeus, we will want to share the joy that we've been found too. We'll want to tell others about him. I love this quote. My wife told me it. From D.T. Niles, evangelism is really just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. You see, genuine joy in Jesus will overflow in many areas of our lives. There will be evidence in how we treat others, in how we treat other tax collectors and sinners. We need to be humbly praying. The Holy Spirit will convict us on this. For Zacchaeus, specifically, for him, this led to him doing the opposite of what he had done previously. He is no longer bound by the idol of wealth. Instead, he became generous. He threw off his old life. He was happy to stand up He was happy to stand up and tell others about it. He is willing to confess what he'd done wrong and make restitution and exercise love and grace to those he'd wronged. If we call Jesus Lord, shouldn't we have that joy? Shouldn't we have such joy for all that he's done for us? That we would live changed lives too, That we would want to tell others about what causes us joy. About our Saviour. Now being a teacher, I give out homework. It's what I do. You need to practice. You don't practice, you don't get better. Um, I'm not going to give you homework. (laughs) I'm going to give you a challenge instead. Is your life reflecting the joy of being found by our sinner-seeking Saviour? Is your life reflecting the joy of being found by our sinner-seeking Saviour? Are you wanting to share with others the joy that you have in your life? How you were once lost, but are now found are you wanting to tell your story of how Jesus found you? Of how he's worked in your life? How he's worked in my life? And how we have changed? Here's a challenge tell someone. Tell someone, whether it be over morning tea today, whether it be this week tell someone about your joy, about how your joy in Jesus affects your life and about what he's done for you. Because what you talk about reflects what you find joy in. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus into this world to seek and to save us lost sinners sinners like Zacchaeus like me like us thank you that you loved us so much that you were willing to die the death that we deserved for our sins help us to be joyful and generous in response help us to be thankful for all that you've done Help us not to grumble or be self-righteous, but rather help us to have a generous heart for others who are lost, for those of a different social status. Help us to share our lives and our joy with them, even if it costs us our time or our possessions. Help us to be part of your mission to seek and to save lost sinners. In Jesus' name, amen.